I think we've gone through such, so much growth just in this past few years, which has kind of allowed us to maybe get a little more brave with, you know, if we can do this, what else could we do now? This is Growth in Dentistry, a dental intelligence podcast where we ask the question, what does growth in dentistry look like to you? I'm Katie Polson, a dental hygienist and your host. Welcome to another episode of Growth in Dentistry. I'm Katie Polson, and this is our DSO series of our Growth in Dentistry podcast. Thanks for those of you who've never tuned in. We're grateful to have you, even if you are part of a DSO or not part of a DSO, there's something for everyone. The goal with this is to give you 30 minutes of actionable advice that you can learn from as you drive to and from work or whenever you choose to listen to this show. So we're grateful to have you for those of you that are first time listeners. And for those of you that have been listening for a while, thank you so much. If you would wouldn't mind going and rating, reviewing this podcast. It means so much to us. It helps us get um, seen by other people who are great, just like you. Um, if Facebook is your thing, and uh, like it is, Facebook's a thing for everyone in dentistry. Uh, go to dental our, our Facebook dental intelligence community is a really great community that you can go to to learn more about um, how data can affect your practice or automation, or just sometimes we put funny things in there. So just come hang out with us. And uh, if you are not a current customer and want to be one, listeners to our show can go to get.dentalintel.com forward slash podcast to get $50 when they complete a demo. And if you all make sure that that link is also in our show notes for those of you that are driving. Don't, don't stop and do it now, people. Okay. Um, I, I have my trusty co-host on this DSO shows, Jessica. Thank you for joining from wherever you are in your house, in your <laughs> office. In, in the office for now. I mean, it could be something someday. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I know what you can cut. You can go from, you can go anywhere. You can go from Hawaii. We could record this from wherever we want. We can. Oh man. I need to, I need to up my travel budget. <laughs> Adam, I need a bigger Let's travel stuck budget. To Adam, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jessica, introduce our guest today. Hey everyone. Um, so we have Brandy Williams here with Catalyst Dental Allies. She is the VP of growth over here in Oklahoma. So I stay here in Oklahoma because I'm, I'm actually here in Oklahoma in my office, but um, I've had a great pleasure working with Brandy and would love for you to kind of get some nice tips and tricks from her and, and listen to um, all that she has to offer with her experience. Welcome, Brandy. Thank you. Welcome. When you get for the, the budget uh, recommendation, I've I'm all for Hawaii, someplace sunny, tropical. <laughs> I know. I we need to. I need to take this podcast on the road, please. Can yes. we record from from anywhere we want? Although I tried recording from Adam, it worked kind of a little bit, but it was just fun to be at Adam, which is we met in yeah. the dark. And guys, I didn't even know she messaged me earlier. I met her in the dark, and then I got back up. I got back to Salt Lake, and it was like, dude, I met her, and I didn't even. I didn't even connect the dots. I'm so sorry. Okay. Oh man. Was that it was... at the the like denim and diamonds yes, or it was called denim and dynam mm -hmm. diamonds? Fancy. And you had to wear denim and diamonds. And, and... she won, right? You won the, the best dressed. Oh yeah. Oh, you won yeah. best dressed? Yeah. Mm, oh. I, I don't know if I should be proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, no, you should definitely be proud of that. I did not yeah. know what denim and diamonds meant. So I 
yeah. Anyway, I just, we went with it. But Did you get like, your fashion tips from Steve? Because those overalls, I mean. No, all the, hmm. so the four guys went, I went with four, four guys and me. So that was fun. And they all wore overalls and they were the hit of the, the night. And I mean, all the ladies were lining up to take pictures of these guys in their overalls. And they kept asking, why aren't you in overalls? And I was like, are you kidding me? I'm not doing that. (laughs) Anyway. Okay. Back to Brandy. Brandy, tell us a little bit about yourself and Catalyst. Sure. Sure. Well, I am Brandy Williams. I have worked in the dental industry for 29 years and I've done just about everything um, that I'm legally allowed to do. So. Gotta add that in there. But yeah, I have kept it legal, but dental assistant, uh, business team, insurance coordinator, office manager, revenue cycle management, credentialing, director of operations, office manager, you name it, I've done it. I don't know that I've done it all well, but I've done it. (laughs) Um, And for the past almost six years, I've been with Catalyst Dental Allies, and we are a DSO, 36 offices and growing in Oklahoma. founded um, by one owner, Dr. Josh Brazier, with a mission to kind of keep the sanctity of private practice while um, being able to compete with some larger groups. And kind of our motto is private practice fill with group practice benefits. And that's really what we've um, been striving to accomplish. Um, It's been really fun. Awesome. Um, and you met Jessica while working at Catalyst, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Brandy actually did my first interview like many moons ago. Yeah. Well, I mean, not my first interview, but like my interview with Catalyst. And, you know, I was, I was living in Nashville at the time. So it was just a little phone call and she took a whim out. Um, to- Man, we needed help. <laughs> all of your all of your success, then you need to attribute to Brandy. And she's also expecting a portion of your income. So Mm -hmm. we're a trip to Hawaii (laughs) (laughs) on the road. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, are you leading these questions or am I, I mean, I can, I mean, it doesn't matter. You go girl. So Brandy, um, you know, we'd love to like get, pick your brain here a little bit. And that's such a weird way to say things, but like working with so many acquisitions within Catalyst, uh, what are some common opportunities that are missed that you see practices making when they first um, are acquired? That's a great question. And it's every practice has had opportunities. I don't think I've walked into any of the 36 and thought there's not an opportunity here. Um, but they're all so different. I mean, there's just so many varying levels of skill set and how long the teams have been together and the type of dentistry that they do. Um, some of the most common ones I see um, are with the teams that have been together for so long. I think they get so comfortable. They get comfortable with their patients. And, oh, we don't, we don't collect at time of service. We bill them and they always pay. And then I like, you're inconceivable. I'm like, they do not always pay. Um, so yeah, presenting treatment plans, just things that you would think are very basic. Like, of course, patient comes in, we tell them they need a crown. We're going to give them a treatment plan and let them know what their financial obligation is for that. But it's, I mean, I've come across a lot of practices that just don't do that. I'm thinking how in the world does that work? And I mean, we're 
acquiring some of them, so it might not be working that well. Um, that's definitely an opportunity. Expanding services and what you're able to offer patients, getting some technology, that's a really easy way. And adding intraoral cameras, again, things that you might think are, oh, those are no brainers, but you'd be surprised at the amount of practices that just have not, maybe they have one in a drawer, but they're not utilizing it. And mm -hmm. so they're missing such an easy opportunity to really grow their practice and take better care of their patients. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point about just technology in general, but like things that they probably do have in a drawer somewhere mm -hmm. and they're just not using and they don't see value, but it's it's definitely valuable to the patient um, and seeing something that we're seeing. Um, so what advice do you have for practices trying to adopt a new process or management? Because I'm sure that hasn't been easy with acquisitions. Gosh, it hasn't. It hasn't, at, not with acquisitions and I think just with, in general, it's tough to get everybody to, you know, be on board with something every time. And I know when we first uh, started working with Dental Intel, I called and was like, how do you get people to do this? Like I, like we're, you know, incentivizing and doing contests and I'm trying everything to get my team to buy into this. So I was like, can I talk to other people that, what are they doing? Yeah. Um, and I, I, I've discovered the best way to get buy-in is setting the expectation and getting a commitment from each person on the team and then holding them accountable and following up. And that last part's the toughest because <laughs> yeah. we get busy yeah. and we, you know, okay, they were doing it. They've been on a roll. I'm going to stop watching and stop measuring that. And that's when it just falls away. And it's funny because you'll go back in an office and oh, are we still doing that? I didn't know we were doing that anymore. Not that you've ever said stop, but because right. you stopped measuring, it just gradually disappears. Yeah. You've brought up a, like, and this is brought up twice now, kind of in two different ways, which is like people start to do things. They might start just using a drawer camera. They might start to whatever, or they might start to use dental intelligence or whatever process it is. And then the doctor goes to a event or <laughs> office manager, or you get acquired by a new company. Right. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden, like, it's all like fire. Woo, let's do this one thing, you know, and then they measure it for a while and then it goes away. So I love that you brought up accountability and following up because that really is that's the hardest part with human so nature hard. in general I, mm -hmm. I need I I can lose weight for six weeks you bet you I can do it I cannot do it for a year <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you know it's so right. hard so I I love that you brought that up because it's not easy how do you follow up with people um, and that's something I've had to work on so much. I'm, and Jessica knows this, I just am one of those that, you know, got like 50 balls in the air. Those and hats. Then, you have like yes, 20 hats on. All go, the go, 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 go. And I kind of do like, hey, check-ins, how you doing? Okay, we're good. And we'll just move on. And I realize I'm failing my teams by doing that. So I have really had to refocus myself this year and really start um, scheduling and following up. I, and the things I don't like to do, I'm not a meetings person. I would much rather just shoot me a text, let me know how it's going. But I realize that I don't get the traction that I need with my teams if I don't have 
the meetings and spend the time and work on the relationships and you know explain the whys behind things and measure. So you know we've implemented some pretty strict and um, weekly scorecards and measurements that um, every team is responsible for completing, not necessarily because we need to see them, but because we want them to have some ownership and account accountability for their practices. And then as a leadership team, we're following up on those weekly too. And it's made a difference. I mean, we've seen things move. It's definitely helped me as a leader because now I understand the importance of going back and having those meetings and conversations and spending a little more time on the why. I don't always have to spend as much time retraining and explaining if I put the time in front end. Yeah, that's a good point that, you know, if you start something and then stop for six months, it just ends up being more time because you're having to retrain and then and then yeah. explain your reasoning behind starting it again. Yeah, that's a good point. When I'm thinking like, you know, um, the more time that you're having to spend in meetings and these these follow-ups, is there things that you're doing outside of that that are um, that you're doing automated, likewise, um, to help keep the business running, um, to keep it going um, in forms of like, you know, um, the office level and your level at, at um, the C-suite kind of position? Um, that's a good question. I mean, some of the is automated, Autom we are using some automation for things. We're using DI for a lot of it, um, but it's allowed us to dive deeper. So those metrics that we're getting weekly um, and reviewing, yes, it's giving us a great landscape of how the practice is doing, but we're able to take that and then take it to the next step. So where do we need to focus our efforts? What does that look like? If, do we need to add more providers at a location? Are we maxing out our chair time? Um, do we need to train more in a certain area? Where do we need to you know, send out our resources? So all the data is definitely coming from DI. So that's automated. Um, and you know, maybe it is um, accounts receivable and we need to you know, start utilizing, we'll go check, are they sending their DI pay text? Are we sending statements or how, how, what does that system look like? So it allows us a snapshot then to dive deeper and hopefully, you know, automate some systems or create some systems to automate things so we can stay on track on goal. And, and then end up having time to have those extra meetings, which, you know, are obviously important, but if you don't automate it, then you're just filling your time with things that you could otherwise have just done. Yeah. And the last thing we want are employees and office managers and anyone spending hours and hours on reporting that just for the sake of reporting, mm -hmm. like just, it's so much more beneficial for them to be able to know where to go to get the number and then maybe understand where the number is coming from and the why, but if they're having to pull, you know, hours of reports and spend all of this time doing um, reporting and taking away from patient care or training team members, then I, that's not benefiting anyone. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. 
I think you bring up a good point, you know, like the automation is um, allowing them to see where their bleeding points are within their practice for them to take that ownership and, you know, take action on it. Um, one of the things that, you know, at DI, we've created the online scheduling to kind of keep them off the phones because sometimes that was consuming eight to 10 minutes um, of their time just to get something booked. Um, and now, you know, they can go and follow a link and have it on their voicemail if they're missing that because like you said, you're working with acquisitions and sometimes those are small teams and mm -hmm. that front desk person is probably maybe the only person at the front desk handling phone calls, but they're also the only person presenting treatment plans. And so when they're in the back presenting treatment plans, what happens? You know, do we just lose that patient? Um, and I just would love to know, like, how has online scheduling helped um, you know, catalyst as a whole, um, especially with those acquisitions as you've acquired them. So the online scheduling, this is my jam and I'm a little bit older. So when I first heard about this, I was a little reluctant because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you know, there's patients are going to be booking appointments and the doctor's chair and they need a cleaning and our schedules are going to be messed up. And I can hear the hygienist complaining because this scaling root planning patient is in an hour block for, I mean, I just, mm -hmm. every awful scenario came to mind <laughs> and I had already like dismissed it before I'd really given it a chance, but I was filling in, um, at one of our practices. It's a pretty big practice and um, multiple providers and they had local med set up, but they really didn't have, um, all the settings. They hadn't really been using it. I, pulled up the metrics to see how many patients they had scheduled in the past month. And there were 10 patients scheduled. I'm assuming a lot of this were coming from the website, just the mm -hmm. link on the website. So I spent a little time, called local med and got the settings exactly how I wanted them for, we were bringing in a, a new hygienist too. So I was going to have some extra time that I needed to get filled on the schedule. And I went to the patient finder, clicked the little button for patients that are due for hygiene. And the first month I did it, we got 49 appointments scheduled online. And I'm in my head thinking like, how many phone calls would I have had to make to get 49 yeses? Oh my gosh. Like it was a game changer. The next month, 39. I, and just, I'm clicking a button. Like it's the craziest thing. And I also noticed that we're getting new patients coming from those um, requests. And I'm assuming like mom gets the appointment link and she's like, oh, well, I'm gonna go ahead and make my husband an appointment, my other two kids that haven't been seen. So I'm seeing like growth so easy. And when I go into practices, especially, you know, prior to DI, they have the recall list there, like stuck underneath a couple of folders mm -hmm. with like the first five patients called and it's never touched again. And mm -hmm. literally they'll like decide to deep clean the windowsills or do anything <laughs> besides having to call it's recall. And I get if it you've because done it, recall, it's the worst. It is. <laughs> so I just, you need somebody yeah. to like give you a hug afterwards. Cause you're like, I just need to <laughs> like calling and getting rejected all day. So when I saw like 49 appointments scheduled by clicking a button, nobody rejected me. Nobody told me no. And it took me like 20 seconds. I just, mm -hmm. so 
I should I should probably be getting like some type of endorsement. Yeah, so like well, some bonus, you know. <laughs> I have been going around to everyone I know, every practice coach, every one of my offices. Like, are you using local med? Have you just call, call and get your settings fixed? You, I mean, you should be doing this. And I get so excited about it. Like, I'll go push their button and send them, and then I'm checking like every couple of days, like mm-hmm. account because it's so rewarding to get to see like, oh my gosh, I did this, and look how many patients are scheduled now. It's a game changer and it's like a no-brainer it's like well why wouldn't you you know but until somebody does that they always like have those hesitations of like i don't know how many especially acquisitions you know they have their like old ways of doing things Mm -hmm. and they're like you're gonna send a text to everybody well we don't want everybody to like schedule and they're like well maybe not everybody wants to schedule either so Mm -hmm. it's gonna be okay (laughs) yeah yeah well and how did you i mean i guess um, my my question how did you get over that fear? Because that is a, that the fear of like letting everyone, you had that like hesitation of, and, and the crap storm that would come after if people were scheduled inappropriately, because that is probably the number one roadblock for most people with online scheduling. So what did you do to over, I I obviously you said you called and, and changed your settings, but what does it look like for catalysts to use online scheduling, like to make it so that you love it so much? Well, number one, getting patients scheduled. And for me, I, I knew I was in a kind of a, in a rock and a hard place because I was bringing in another provider. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden I have days of openings that I need mm-hmm. to book and I need to book fast. Um, and I don't want to call yeah. all day long. I don't have anybody else that wants to call all day long to try and get those appointments um, filled. So it was worth it. At that it point, I was like, trying. Try. let me see. I love it that um, it's so easy to see which appointments are the ones that have scheduled online. They're a different mm-hmm. color than all the rest of my appointments. So I can easily look and see, oh, two, these are two online appointments. I can look and see if they're in the right spot, if I need to, you know, any additional follow-up. So you, I mean, they've kind of foolproofed it. So it's, uh-huh. it's easy. And that it. would be my, my suggestion is sometimes you kind of have to give it a try. Maybe you have to be in a position where, you have to make it a move. You got to do yeah. something to, to, to make to things a happen. Bad, bad place. No, just, yeah. just, I, we, we say it often, just start with height, with your hygiene recall, mm-hmm. and then maybe your new patients and then move mm-hmm. forward from there. And that's even better is that like fairly in the near future. I mean, like this isn't some sort of secret, like this is like our online scheduling is going to be, um, wrapped up with our engagement and, and most of it is already like in with our engagement so you can text two-way communicate like mm-hmm. there's going to be nothing else out there on the market so if, like you think it's good now it's going to be so good yeah 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 and what we'd had before um you know we had the email us if you know mm-hmm. they can go to our website and i you know pull up go into an office and pull up there platform and see that like three new patients have requested an appointment and it'd be like two weeks ago. (laughs) Can we call this person? Like, do we know if they've, I mean, there's just those kind of get lost in a sea of emails and and it just wasn't very patient interactive. So it, it just, that wasn't working. Well, and I think that's what you brought up a good point. It's requested. And so then it's like, who's doing that job? That's another job that's not automated that it's like, oh, did you do that? Oh, did you do that? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Sally called on it. Mm -hmm. Hopefully they did. (laughs) 
<laughs> and, and they're uh, sending these at night. So they're sending the patient sending this request typically when they're at home able to schedule. So when we call them back or try to communicate, we're you know back to where they're not responding to us. So then you're back to we're playing phone tag or emailing back and forth, trying to find a time and it could take days in between mm -hmm. the time they requested that to the time they actually get an appointment. So yeah. One, one of the things that Katie brought up was engagement, what I thought was really neat because um, I was in that space with you, Brandy, was, you know, you're, you are going back to campaigns too at some point, you know, outside of mm -hmm. local med at one that you didn't have that option for and or those bulk texts. But now there's an automation with engagement that we're creating is once they don't um, have a, a returning hygiene uh, appointment, it will automatically send that text link uh, for them at a certain time frame based on your parameters, which is really neat. So it doesn't even take a person to go through and hit that bulk text anymore. It's just so. automatically doing it. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Well, man, this is fun. I love these episodes. <laughs> I always love when I get to hang out with Jessica and whoever she and whoever she hangs out with. Aww. Well, I really wanted you guys to connect to Adam, but you know, I'm glad we did. I, I'm glad well, I get to be. We did. Part. We just didn't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> I well, I, I sent her the link to to like do the um. She filled it out with you, and I looked at it, and I reached out to her, and then we so just crazy there. So I know. Wow, like I had no, I had no idea how. I mean, I just, I just barely had Louis Streeter on just right before you today on today uh, talking about Adam. I had no idea how busy everyone was going to be. I, I, cause I've been to like big yeah. conferences and then there's so much downtime in between them. This there's no downtime at Adam. It's go, 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 go. I'm like, I was so tired. I was like, I need a break. I need a, I need a vacation from my, from, yes. from my from your vacation. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. really a vacation, but it yeah, wasn't, so. it was like six in the morning till. Oh my gosh. Yeah, till 10 PM later. I mean, yeah. I had coworkers stay out till two, three in the morning. What the crap? I'm like, no, nope. see ya. I'm going to bed anyway. Well, this is, um, I, can I ask the last question? Ah, yes, okay. go for it. So this we is asked your this, question. We ask this question to every single person. It's because growth means something different to everyone. And um, and it's a big deal at dental intelligence. And it's a big deal at DSO. So I'm excited to hear what you have to say about what does growth in dentistry mean to you? Wow. You know, I think coming out of COVID in 2020, I mean, we were forced to grow. Um, a lot of us had the technology that we just weren't using. I think we talked about that a little bit earlier. Like we had the intraoral cameras. A lot of us had this, the patient communication software. We had local med all along. We've had a lot of these things. We just weren't using them, but we were kind of like pushed feet first and um, to start relying on some automation and technology. So I think we've gone through such, so much growth just in this past few years, which has kind of allowed us to maybe get a little more brave with, you know, if we can do this, what else could we do now? And I feel like this is the perfect time to kind of rewrite the rules of dentistry. We're not going back to doing it the way we were pre-pandemic. Um, workforce looks so different now. It's just time to think out of the box and kind of pioneer the new 
frontier of dentistry. And I want to be on that side of things. So, I mean, that's super exciting to me. I just think there's endless possibilities right now. We've got AI coming into the dental world, which is so cool um, to just think like, what is that going to look like? How is that going to change the game? But growth to me is um, how can we make things more efficient? How can we grow and learn and be better and provide better services and better experiences for our patients? So good. I agree with you 100%. That's, I, I have definitely felt that post pandemic that like if there's ever a time to change things up, I mean, dentistry is notoriously has kind of moved slow in the, mm-hmm. you know, as far as <laughs> I mean, you think, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Compared to medicine, we look like we're like dinosaurs, toddlers, tiny, we're dino- dinosaurs. Top, yeah. I, I went, you went even farther back dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for real. And, and, it, and I love that. Cause I feel it too. We feel it here at dental Intel and I'm glad that you feel it too. I feel like this is the time. Like now yeah. is the, it's a great time to be in this industry. Love it. Yeah. Love it I so mean, much. We're training all of these people that have never worked in dental before that are coming. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I mean, they aren't like set in their ways or have these expectations. There's no expectations. So why aren't we just creating things the way that like, this is the way we do it now. Let's change yeah. it. New processes. Yeah. yeah. Let's do yeah. it. Awesome. Well, this has been a blast. One time we should get together in real life, IRL. Okay. All right, guys. <laughs> Everyone listening is now going to want to kill me. Okay. Um, I'm going to sign off now. This has been Growth and Dentistry, a dental intelligence podcast. Again, the, uh, special gu- thank you to our special guest, Brandy Williams from Catalyst. Um, if they want to get a hold of you to send you love notes, where can they do that? Oh, I love love notes. Um, they, I can, you can email me at Brandy and that's Brandy with an I at catalystdds.com or um, reach out to me on LinkedIn. Okay, perfect. I'll make sure that those are in our show notes. Thank you so much. And thank, thank you, Jessica, for joining me. And thank you to our marketing department for all their work on this podcast. I'm Katie Poulsen. Keep growing.